will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You. Sadly, more of a radio show and less of a radio tell. Joining me this evening to uh, tell it like it is, we have Mr. Dave Convery, the once and future king, but honestly, fuck you guys, I'm getting into day drinking. I owe you nothing. He does not. Mr. H.J. Doom, who has a foolproof system for winning at roulette involving a balaclava, a shotgun, and a getaway car. Hello. I, as ever, am Roger Hart, the captain of trousers. And we are joined also by Ms. Clary Maguire, the prophet hen of Leeds. He is coming. Cluck, cluck, cluck. Yes. If you would like to be fixed by this, our merry band, why not write to wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com or write in anonymously using the internet at hauntedphonograph.com. Today's question pertains to the festive season. It begins. For the past few years, I have worked with a friend to decorate another friend's desk at Christmas as he doesn't get into the spirit. Each year we've gone further than the last, and each year this has filled him with more Christmas joy. However, this year the friend has moved away, so can no longer help. Should I continue this tradition of bringing joy, or is it time to let it go? Many thanks, the ghost of Christmas decoration. Mr. Convery. So, tradition is important. It it, uh, helps us define our sense of self. Unless you think about it for even the smallest amount of time, in which case it's just doing a thing because you did that thing last year, so you should do the thing so that you do the thing next year, and it just becomes this enormous fractal ball of nonsense. So don't think about it too hard. It's tradition. We do traditions. So you got your tradition, right? And it's important. But it has changed subtly because your co-conspirator is missing. So what I thought we'd do was take a look at a few other traditions that have changed and see uh, if we can find anything that we can take from those. So first, first of all, Halloween. Now, we're all... Assuming you're over about 30, we've all seen the more recent changes to Halloween. It used to be sort of two kids in the village would come round and ask you for a Kit Kat. Uh, but now, now it's basically the purge. So anyway, that's not the Halloween I'm talking about. People used to put a hot coal in a carved turnip and call it a jack-o'-lantern. Now that obviously is a health and safety nightmare. And a turnip is not as soft and yielding to the knife in the same way that a pumpkin or a baby is. So now now we have now we have pumpkin lanterns. So I think what you should take from this is a more a recent import or a new technology can can help you out. Take inspiration from imported fruits. Use FaceTime or another video call service of your preference uh, to keep your faraway compatriot involved. So that's Halloween. Marriage. Marriage has changed a lot. Um, You can no longer marry a 12-year-old to avoid a war with Spain. 
let's I feel like we really ought to just get that out of the way up front. People used to be really into that, uh, but it's just not seen as a positive thing anymore. Now, people still want to avoid war with Spain, but they do stuff like join NATO instead, and they buy a load of weird rice, and that's fine. There used to be other stuff too, like marriage basically being a contract between two men to exchange uh, a woman as property. But now it's sort of changed so that it's the actual choice of the, the, the people involved. Uh, and different people can get involved. It doesn't just have to be a man and a woman anymore, depending on where you are. That is heavily caveated. So what we can learn from this is, is you can mix it up. You can change it when it doesn't work anymore. You can keep the general shape of the thing, but, but bring someone different in. Uh, and you should thoroughly disregard your father's wishes around the, the entire thing. The final thing that's changed a lot is uh, funerals. So we used to have separate graveyards for the poor uh, and for, for murderers and criminals so that their hellbound spirit wouldn't drag the good God-fearing folk of the town down to hell with them. But now in these more enlightened times, we just uh, leave them in the street for the rabid dogs like everybody else. We ought to do something about the rabid dogs and about all the street corpses. Uh, but but I digress. You, you can always decide to change something when it's right for you. If you don't feel it anymore, change it. If, if you don't have the time, just don't bother. If Christianity is no longer the prevailing societal pressure, leave your unburied dead in the street with no thought to the inevitable surge in the number of rabid dogs. Please, there are so many and they're so well fed. They are, aren't they? <laughs> yes. H. J. It's easy for traditions to become stale over time. So what I'm suggesting is that you stop focusing on the present and look to the future. Christmas baubles, fish that sing carols when you get near them, these are all very well, but I think this year is the year you need to change things up a bit in preparation for the forthcoming dark harvest. Instead of tinsel and fairy lights, why not stockpile canned food and drinking water under your colleague's desk? It might not be as festive, but he will be thanking you once the visitor's devastating heat rays have obliterated much of our society's basic infrastructure. Candles? add a warming touch and have the added bonus of allowing you to see in the dark once the light of civilization has gone out forever. It's not all about the practical things though. This is a time for family, so be sure to include a few photos of your colleague's loved ones. These will lift his mood when they are all he has to remember them by as he crouches in a sewer pipe trying not to breathe too loudly in case the patrolling drone harvesters hear him. A comedy Christmas sweater may raise a wry smile, but more importantly, layers are going to be crucial in the aftermath of the doomed January offensive, when a cloud of choking radioactive ash blots out the sun and heralds the start of a new ice age. Why not treat him to a selection of miniature whiskies? They won't just lend a jolly feel to things. There's going to be a great deal he will wish to blot out once he's forced to resort to eating the charred remains of the dead, purloined in desperate raids into the charnel houses that were once towns and cities. Now, 
A shotgun may seem somewhat inappropriate for office decoration as well as being wildly illegal, but to be honest, the police will be far too busy fighting off hordes of mutant scavengers in the last precarious bastions of human resistance to worry about something as trivial as a firearm you've bought from a farmer on the verge of bankruptcy. Your colleague is sure to think fondly of you as the packs of hunting lizards close in on his bolt hole and he's able to take his own life rather than experience the inexpressible horrors of the processing centres and the reclamation vats. Maybe present him with a gift-wrapped shotgun cartridge with a card explaining that he should probably save that one for himself. If this all sounds like a lot of work for a ribald Christmas prank, then please do remember that this, like all forms of seasonable celebration, is strictly optional. You can absolutely decide to drop the desk decoration tradition this year if it's taking too much of a toll on your free time. It's not like it's going to make a difference in the long run, after all. A lot to unpack there. Roger Hart. I think this comes down to why you're doing it. I'm going to go ahead and assume that while you're really, really deep down into it for the joy you bring to this friend, one of the reasons you'd like to carry on is that there's something in it for you. Um, because, because, bear with me here, and I'm not accusing you of anything. If it were 100% altruistic, you would replace your co-decorator in a second. No compunction, no hesitation, no pause. Purely to carry on shuffling that festive cheer. Uh, but you're you're not. You're you're anxious about whether to leave it there, which suggests uh, to me at least that for all of this kind of utilitarian happiness-maximizing benefit you've you've fleshed out, all of all of this value you're providing to the net joy of society. This act, this enterprise, is also a little bit, just, just a little bit, about having a nice time doing something fun with a friend. And this is fine, like, um, so many so many things start as being about a nominal thing and become about the, um, the friends you made along the way. Like, it's, 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 it's okay. So, good for you. Most people are awful, and you found one you like. Hang on to that. Get your claws into it. Just, just really cling on. And, um, <clears throat> and yeah, given you bring joy to your decorated friend and enjoy co-decorating, the moral outcomes seem pretty clear. And therefore the question is not whether to stop, no, uh, rather how best to continue when the friend has moved away. Uh, at this point, modern technology comes to the rescue. Now, Contemporary workplaces are full of remote presence and collaboration options. Uh, they're mostly shit, but that's fine, we can work around that. Um, indeed, many have the woefully constrained ambition of make meetings better when one of you is at home in their pants, probably hungover, and in any case would far rather be wanking. But, eh, we'll get there. We talked about telepresence robots in a previous podcast, and there's an increasing range available at gradually lowering price points. There are various suppliers. They're kind of okay. You can get this little cute one that's like a radio control car with a mount for a smartphone. It's, it's delightful. And this would let you decorate sort of together with a bit of a spatial vibe. But to be honest, so would just using Skype or FaceTime on your phone. And you, you could just do the thing you're already doing. Mr. Combrey suggested it. You could just do the thing you're already doing whilst sort of linking in your friend. But what else could you do to really take advantage of, of the modern workplace? 
Well, lots of places use Slack. If you don't know what Slack is, it's um, IRC with round corners. And if you don't know what that is, well, it's a big ass chat room that wide-eyed tech bros think will replace email, but that unlike everything else that was ever proposed to replace email is actually good. If not Slack, then maybe Microsoft Teams or HipChat or so help you Facebook Workplace. Um, but it's all basically the same. Uh, they all have more or less the same features, so you, you can translate through. Uh, by and large, the features we're interested in, which most of these things have, are custom reactions, automations, a little bit of text processing. So basically, I mean, you're just going to emoji the shit out of this. What you need to do is get access to your friend's workplace Slack or whatever they're using, and then start configuring Slackbot or equivalent, the autoresponder processing agent, to, uh, to reply to things. Now, obviously mentions of Christmas, or of stockings, or snow, or just the person's name, or, or when someone uses the letter E. So when someone talks to this colleague, a little message will pop up with a bauble, or a candy cane, or an auto-playing video of the Jackson 5 someday at Christmas. It could even kick off an if-this-then-that integration that maybe buys a single packet of Twiglets or cheesy footballs and ships it to your friend on Amazon Prime. Basically, just harness the power of technology to festoon their digital desk from afar as a remote collaboration exercise with your other friend. You can both get involved. You could even get into kind of an escalation thing. I've configured it to do this. I've configured it to do that. Um, Kind of just go wild. Lots of little emoji and cute little graphics, weird reactions, and all of these things have programmatic integrations. Um, if this, then that is one uh, one sort of system of task automation. There's also Microsoft Flow. I think Amazon has one. There are lots of integrations you can plug in, keyed on phrases people use, so that you can basically make things happen, go and do little decor bits and bobs, or, or have things shipped to people. Um, and you're, you're going to have a lot of fun, basically. And Clary. As this is a Christmas fix and it's the time for stories and lessons, I'm, I'm going to break slightly with tradition and I'm, I'm not going to offer a solution per se. Uh, I'm, I'm going to offer a cautionary tale. It starts in around 2003 in a large river-based city in England where two people who we will, for reasons of uh, security and discretion, refer to as the narrator and the biscuit thief, are working for a government department. They do not enjoy working for this government department. They were hired for a job that was satisfying, that helped people, that made the world a better place, and that had its funding removed after six months. They have been transferred to the complaints line. They are two of seven people on the complaints line for the entire West of England area. They are fielding angry phone calls from everyone Bristol downwards, which rather renders an absurdity me trying to disguise where this story was located, but here we are. Christmas rolls around. They're not enjoying their lives. They're eating far more cheese and onion pasties than physically and mentally healthy people consume on a day-to-day -day basis. 
really just trying to get some warmth in them. The, the cheese onion pasties are heated by the snack person before they bring the trolley round. That's detail I probably should have given earlier. So it's Christmas, and they've been told that the different departments in the government building will be having a competition. Uh, each area within each department will decorate their area. In total, there will be something in the region of 15 teams competing, and there will be a prize. The prize did not exist, not due to any tactical or principled reason, but really just because by the time the competition ended, the person who'd been in charge of sourcing the prize had got bored and forgotten that there was a competition. But again, that, that, that's a digression. There was this competition and it provoked in our two protagonists a desire to decorate their surroundings, which they probably would otherwise have been happy to let sleep. They began to bring things in. First, it was a naked action man, and very specifically, not a old-school, suede-headed, weird, puppet-limbs-action man, but one from the late 90s relaunch, where they uh, relabeled the American G.I. Joe brand toys, which, if you remember, were not like the UK G.I. Joe brand toys, which were small Star Wars figure-sized toys, but were large Ken doll action figure dollies. One of those was bought in nude and... <laughs> Crucified is too strong a word, but... Placed in the middle of this office space. Uh, this was judged to be distasteful, and uh, the request was made that if it could not be taken down, that it at least be clothed. A trip was made to Games Workshop, and uh, when the Action Man returned after the weekend, it, it, it was as Farina, the uh, Pink Witch of Christmas, with a beehive, full makeup, and a pink evening gown. O over the following weeks, more and more elements would be added to Farina's surroundings, including Andrew, the sheep, who assisted her, another action man, painted in a slightly more alarming drag outfit, who, uh, whose name is lost to history now, but, uh, but who was Farina's antagonist, and who, if you had been a bad child, would, at Christmas, bring you not presents, but a bag of human hair. The theme that dominated, though, was Robin's. Our protagonists had found a supplier of styrofoam robins with real bird feathers with little legs made of wire that could be twisted around things and at a price they could afford. And so over, again, 
two or three weeks, around 130 robins appeared in this incredibly, incredibly depressed workspace. Now, I'm sure you'll have guessed by now that this workspace was Lodge House in Bristol, the base of the DWP, and that shortly after these events, as described, occurred, austerity happened. So, um, think on. I think we've all learned something today about the human condition. Something rich and subtle that we can all take to our bosoms as a note of comfort in these cold winter nights. There is no prize. Good night. It sounded like it was either Diet Cokes or butt plugs, and honestly, I couldn't tell.